1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite show from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one, the only Shooter Magooder. Shoots, how we doing?
0: Doing really well. You know, we had a short episode last week because I had a untimely vacation planned. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, well, since you're asking, <laughs> the vacation went really well. You know, Spent some time with the family, played a little golf laid in the lake, had a couple of drinks, played some games, you know, good quality family time.
1: How would you swing the sticks?
0: Pretty well actually. Oh yeah? Yeah, oh, beat nice half my that. family, so. You know, feeling pretty good this year. Golf's a sport, right? Yeah, I All don't right, know. It check. wasn't
1: listed on that list of sports to pick from.
0: I got I got to double check with uh that TikTok user.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know. But um I'm going to have to say it again. I've had to say it every single week for the past few weeks. I'm saying it again today. It was a crazy week once again. We had a lot of shit popping off. Um, What I want to point out mainly is Paige DeSorbo not only follows us on TikTok, but she commented on one of our videos on TikTok.
0: But You got to wonder if she actually listened to a couple of the earlier episodes when we were kind of shitting on her for her behavior in Summer House. And then dreading her popping up in Southern Charm. I don't think so. I think she probably just saw that clip. I think it was the clip of you defending Craig. It was Craig V. Austin.
1: Yeah, so she probably loves me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was devil's advocate there. So she probably hates me. Yeah. But (laughs) I'm fine with it, you know? If she's gonna comment and enjoy watching us as she showed in her comment, then fuck yeah. I'm yeah. We're we're back to Team Page. Yeah,
1: we could definitely be swayed now back to Team Page. I'm not for the integrity. Of our listeners and for our integrity as journalists and podcasts, that's what we are <laughs> right
0: now, journalists
1: <laughs> we're reporting the news, all right, but I'm not going to say I'm fully on board, I'm definitely open to it, and as we know, with Bravo, like there's ebbs and flows there's there's people that I grow very fond of and then quickly turn, and there's people that I hate that I quickly turn into fans of. so I'll tell you one thing: the number one way to get back in our good graces is wow good graces is bribery so she's on the right track
0: (laughs) yeah i mean if you want to bribe us by following us on tiktok commenting if you want to slide us a little cash under a table i'm game you know i'm i'm open to all sorts of bribery
1: yeah exactly we have our integrity until there are bribes involved so hey we're not cops you know there's no law against this any bravo lebs listening you can bribe us, and we will be on God. your team.
0: Is Bravo Leb like you doing <laughs> Robha? No, isn't it's that just, a thing? I don't fucking know. I think I, it's Bravo, it might be
1: Bravo Leberty. It's a lot
0: better than Robha.
1: No, it's not. Uh, Robha's going to stick. We have listeners now. I need you guys to back me up on this. I need to start hearing some Robhas out there. On top of that, we had um, Tom Sandoval and the most extras. We got in contact with their manager slash drummer Jason Bader. We got some free tickets out of that. We'll announce the winner to that at the end of the show. Um, but just, it's really cool that we're like, we have contact with some actual Bravo people, like not in a million years that I think that that would happen, let alone have like thousands of listeners that tune in to like, listen to me and you talk shit about Bravo. Yeah, it
0: is pretty crazy. I mean, we've got like what, 10,000 TikTok followers. We get a couple thousand people listen per episode to the two of us idiots, just talk about bravo yeah so it's, it's pretty wild to hear that but just thank know. i
1: mean thank you guys we fucking love it we really do so uh enough chit chat let's get into some of the the big news this week we had um a bombshell drop we got one of our free agents from uh ultimate girls trip has re-signed she's got a new contract she's coming back to the main franchise Tamara judge welcome back to R-H-O-C. I don't have an acronym for that yet.
0: That's fine. Yeah. Um. I really do think that the way that, I mean, we kind of saw this, like the way that Ultimate Girls Trip has been going, we called it from the beginning, like it looks like a bunch of free agents fighting for a new contract and we weren't sure where the chips were going to fall. We were thinking, you know, Fager's doing so well, this is going to work out. I never really thought that Tamra did anything spectacular. She wasn't very interesting. Uh, At least up until this episode, the most recent episode is fine. Like, she did a lot more. She came out of her shell. Maybe this is the episode that solidified her new contract. But until this point, she really didn't do a whole lot except for, like, hold her shit together most of the episodes. So maybe that was enough to get her back.
1: But she also wasn't smelling of desperation the whole time either. Like, she was fairly true to her character as far as, like just being there and being present and chiming in when necessary and kind of doing her own thing. But she was never like vying for camera time. She was just letting it happen organically. And I think that's a big part of it. I think that you look at some of the women like Jill Zarin, who, by the way, did you know that Jill Zarin is the one that announced Tamara was back on, um, OC.
0: How'd she do that?
1: She was on Instagram like an Instagram either live or an Instagram story. And she literally was like recapping something. I was like, and Tamra's back on OC and Vicky's not happy about it.
0: That's so Did Vicky want to get back to OC? Is that Vicky
1: said that she wanted to be a friend of.
0: Yeah. So she could still do that. It's not like, I I don't think there's full contracts for that. I think that's kind of like an open invite for if she gets the invite, of course. But I, I mean, yeah, I guess to your point, it's, You know, she wasn't the sloppy drunk Dorinda. She wasn't slurring her words everywhere and being an asshole. She also wasn't fully getting involved in all of the drama like Brandy and Taylor have been doing. So, yeah, I guess she kind of just went par for the course. I still think that Phaedra is probably also going to get a contract just because she's been around so much with Dubai and this. And everybody seems to love her, rightfully so. I mean, she's great. You know, maybe there's some like Eva droppings in there. I don't really see anybody else as like I think super interesting to get back though.
1: I didn't peg Tamra for getting resigned. I that was surprising to me. I I don't think it's a bad idea, but I also wasn't expecting it. I was my big three for this were Phaedra, Eva, and Brandy. I thought they were going to all get contracts, and I think that we might still see one or two of them.
0: Yeah, if, if, you, if you had to pick two more. I'm Who picking would you go?
1: Phaedra and Eva.
0: You think I see I don't think because Eva's also Atlanta, I don't think they're gonna do two for one uh, show.
1: Maybe they'll do one full time and one friend of. Could be.
0: I think if you I want them both
1: back. I think they're so good. Like they're just enjoyable to watch. Like if they just had their own fucking show, I'd
0: probably watch it. Yeah, the fu- the fun answer to that is obviously Phaedra. The second fun answer is Brandy, the live grenade, just throw her back. I think that you you have to. I think that... Brandy with like somebody like Sutton would be... It would be electric. Yeah. Like Now you have the
1: dynamic that we were... I think I was hoping for with Diana coming in because you have a new housewife. You don't know what to expect. You want shit to pop off and blow up and be kind of outlandish. That's Brandy. That's Brandy to a T. That's what she brings to the table. She might be too much, though. Like She's good for a show
0: like this because it's like it's such a closed circuit with seven days of what like, and it's crazy to watch how much they've grown in six days or four days. If you ask Marco, <laughs> but like somebody like Brandy, you just, she brings us so much to the table that maybe you don't want to, but if Beverly Hills is floundering, if Kyle doesn't come back, maybe you kind of have to. Yeah. If Kyle
1: doesn't come back, then the door's open. Yeah. We got Erica. Jane's got some more trouble. Um, so Nicholas Cage's ex-wife just came out and filed a lawsuit against her claiming that she owes her $750,000 because Nick Cage's ex-wife was in a car accident in like 2016 and she sought representation by Girardi and Keese. And she claims that the settlement check was deposited into one of Girardi's quote unquote, trusts or like company accounts and that she, one, never endorsed that check and two, never saw any of the money.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like you need somebody like, uh, who did Leonardo DiCaprio play and Catch Me If You Can? Oh, um, like some, Frank like, Abagnale. Yeah, there you go. Wow. I think you need somebody like that to trace the money in this case because it's all over the fucking place. Like what she's claiming is that, and the, re- the reason that I think she's going after Erica directly is because she probably went, to the Girardi firm first and was either denied or pushed aside or couldn't reach a settlement that she was happy with. So she decided to go elsewhere where there's a lot of, you know, talks about them funneling money from the firm into Erica's sole proprietary to get Erica money and then also have a tax write off. So there's like, there's money moving all over the place. It's really hard to keep track of it. And for somebody like this, like an outsider, to hone in on that and be like, oh, I saw Erica's company's tax returns in 2011, 2013, so I know the timing dulce doesn't add up because no, that... if the accident was in 2016 and you're citing tax returns from 2011, 2013, how does that make any sense? Like, just because you know that or you think that the money's being funneled into her doesn't mean that your $750,000 went that way. You're just grasping at straws. I don't think anything's going to come of it. I think that Erica's probably already got a huge pile of civil lawsuits. So I can't imagine this one's really going to crack the surface anymore. Yeah,
1: no, it probably won't, but maybe they'll get like a little settlement. Like
0: maybe that's what they're after, you know, like 200
1: K like here, go away. You know, if anyone needs that money, it's probably Nick cage anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, he, the way that he spends his money is fucking nuts. He bought a castle in Scotland, had it renovated for like $50 million because it was completely unlivable. And he doesn't really want to live there. He just wants to put things there. That's kind of his
1: MO. He once bought a T Rex fossil and tried to get like couldn't get it back to the US because of like immigration or uh immigration, yeah. <laughs>
0: that, that would be bad. T Rex is in the United States. We can't have that. <laughs> immigration laws. Well, he was a French designer
1: and he couldn't get past the immigration.
0: We're all yeah. we all have our uh our trials and errors during yeah. the day.
1: Uh, you know what I mean. He couldn't get the T. Rex fossil back to the states because of import laws, so he bought it, and now it's just, I don't know where it's sitting. But if you don't know about Nick Cage and you want to go do a deep dive, the guy is fucking fascinating. He's pure entertainment. But um, that takes us into our last little snippet here that I was saving because you didn't hear about the news from Southern Charm. I asked you before we started recording. No, I haven't. wanted to save this for an organic reaction. Bring it. All right, so Shep and Taylor are donezo. They're they're kaput. Shep, or I'm sorry, Taylor came out and said they're over because he couldn't commit. So she's done. Shocker it it's not shocking but it's exciting
0: i know it's this is probably not like the reaction that you wanted from me you were gearing this up to be like huge because it's fucking exciting the writing's on the wall i mean we knew this and like we can kind of use this to kind of springboard into the southern charm review i mean the way that he is with her and the way that he was treating her and really only thinking about himself of course this was coming i'm happy it was coming if that is any That's not really, I'm I'm not going to
1: lie, your reaction kind of sucks.
0: Well, you know what, look, I'm happy for Taylor, I think she's nice. I'm bummed that she's no longer going to be on the show, unless they keep her for some reason, I can't say that they will, but I thought that she was bringing a little more level-headedness, a little more character to the show, and kind of shining a light on how ridiculous Shep is in his boy life.
1: Yeah, she actually really called attention to it, which I was surprised about, because my initial... My first impression, I guess you could say of her that I remember was the morning after Shep's party when he was spreading all those rumors or whatever and she's like cleaning up a little bit at his house and goes in to try to like wake him up and it was just a very like oh come on Shep let's go have bloody marys blah 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 and I was like oh man like you're just playing into this whole like man child thing like get him the fuck up and like go do some productive shit don't drink bloodies in the kitchen on I'm what I'm presuming is like a tuesday
0: Yeah, it's always a Tuesday in Shep's life.
1: Yeah, honestly. But come to find out, like, she's actually got a pretty good head on her shoulders. Like, the last two episodes, we've seen uh, her talk with Shep's cousin. And then this one, you know, she's sitting there explaining to him, like, you know, you've never asked me about how I felt because they had that little pregnancy scare and they're talking about how the tables are barren, which I thought was a weird thing to say to begin with. But she then goes, yeah, as barren as my ovaries. And he's like, oh, like it was just a scare. Like we dodged a bullet. It's like high five. Like she is concerned that she is barren. She was clearly like a little excited about the prospect of having a child. I don't know if she wants a kid now or if it was more like, hopefully this will push Shep to like grow the fuck up. But either way, like she's upset. Not one time did he ask her, like, are you okay? Like, are you handling this all right? Like, are you upset? he's only concerned about himself and how he feels in the matter and it goes to like a confessional and he's like i just shoot me right between the eyes and see what happens like are you fucking serious guy
0: like yeah and i i mean to your point like i think that is kind of what like maybe yeah you know, taylor's talking to shep's cousin about yeah i do want to have a family i'd like to do this i'd like to do that and maybe that little that brief hope that like all right maybe i am pregnant was her thinking, I can finally lock Shep into commitment, finally. And if this doesn't work, then I don't know what the hell is going to work. Clearly, that didn't work out. They broke up. Great for her. Shep's going to continue to do Shep. What is he, 42, still living his life, rolling out of bed, having Bloody Marys, I going he's to the bar.
1: probably honestly thrilled that she broke up with him.
0: Probably, because he doesn't have to worry about commitment. He can get into another... Semi serious relationship, and then break that one off too. And that's just probably going to be the rest of Chef's life. But like during that dinner scene, was like it was tough because like I'm a person that deflects things with humor. Like if I'm, you know, something serious happens or something traumatizing, like I'm going to diffuse situations with humor all the time. Are you diffusing or deflecting? Both <laughs> depends on if it's me, if it's directed at me, and I'm the one who's upset, I'm going to deflect. But if it's somebody else, I'm going to diffuse the situation with a little light humor.
1: We continue to dive into the psyche that is Shooter.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what are we, 11 episodes in here? So you guys are really getting a good round look at how my mind works.
1: Yeah. Deflection, deflection, deflection. Yeah,
0: of course. But that's not what Shep's doing. Shep is only thinking about himself in this moment. And every fucking moment is all about Shep. So when this happens, he doesn't even stop to think like, oh, shit, like, did Taylor want? Like, he doesn't even ask the question. mm hmm He's still just like, thank God, right? And like, that's it. Dodged a bullet, man. Like, I, I can't. And I'm,
1: I'm just so good for you, Taylor. Way to get the fuck out of there. You're way better than that guy. And then the next scene was Catherine and Olivia eating sushi and nothing really interesting happened. But I do want to ask you one thing. When you get like fried shrimp from a sushi spot, what do you call it? Because I thought the way that the waiter said it was funny, but then I was like, is that how you actually say it? What did the waiter say? Like tempura. Shrimp tempura. I
0: thought that they all kind of said it weird.
1: How do you say tempura? Tempura. No, tempura. You say tempura? Yeah. Okay, that's what he said. I thought it was tempura.
0: It probably is. I thought they all kind of said it differently. Like the waiter said tempura, and then I thought that Catherine said tempura, and then they kind of said it like back and forth, and I got... Mind fucked. I didn't know what was it's going on. It's one of
1: those words that I think I say differently like every time I say it because I'm not sure and I don't want to be that guy that says it wrong.
0: So I'd love to I see just... a I li- I definitely have a list of words that I say completely wrong but completely different every time.
1: Yeah. No, me too because I have no idea. I'm not entirely sure so I just kind of like throw it out there and cross my fingers that no one says it's not Tempura. It's Tempura. Well, yeah. But... <laughs> then you just have to leave the restaurant and you got to <laughs> pack Never your bags, back. get the fuck out of yeah, your body. No, thanks. I don't want any food anymore. We finally get to kind of dive into how my man Schleb is feeling. Um, He's over with Chelsea and they're talking about Catherine and it just cracks me up because her qualms with him. She says this in her dinner is like, you know, I opened up to him and he wouldn't open up to me. Like he's not telling me anything. And first of all, For her to claim that she was opening up to him that night is crazy because he was trying to talk and she was, her response was literally, are you kidding me?
0: Well, yes, it was. I don't really think that he was trying to talk though. I think that he just kept saying like... He
1: said, let's talk about it.
0: Well, he said, I love you and I want to be here. But he he didn't like, when she brought up certain points about, well, I guess he did actually because when she brought up like her kids and he was like, look, like maybe that's like a little much for me. Like he was kind of opening up in the scene with Chelsea. Chelsea is one heavy poor. Heavy poor. Well they, I wrote dumping in my, it in there. I
1: wrote in my notes sad drinking. <laughs> yeah, no, it really was
0: sad drinking. And and Caleb's like, you know, I'm I'm a former athlete. I don't really know how to open up to my feelings, which like part of it I get. I, I don't know. I think it's just like emotionally maturing, but he doesn't do well in those situations, which well, like he you says just not
1: make facial expressions to illustrate how he's feeling. Well, what the he, fuck he... is
0: this? Is this like a second grader diagram with the smiley faces and like, show a sad face? <laughs> like, is that what that is? What the fuck? What
1: What were you doing in second grade? I don't know. Being sad <laughs> about stuff, I guess.
0: <laughs> but like, maybe. I, and the problem with the whole thing is, if he's trying to learn how to show his emotions more, you know who he shouldn't fucking be with? Catherine. No. God, she like, she will... Push you down she's if you try em- to, and then tell you that you don't try.
1: She's an emotional terrorist. Yeah, she's gonna push, pull him. That's that like borderline personality. Like she's gonna push him and pull him. Well,
0: like, I do. Maybe this is a bomb for you, but they're not together anymore.
1: I think I'd heard that. Yeah, I'm glad. I wonder how Schleb's mom feels about that.
0: Probably took Catherine's side. She, to
1: <laughs> she doesn't talk to Caleb anymore. Yeah, she
0: probably he he's living with Chelsea. Probably she's not talking to Chelsea either. The whole side of the family is just pushed away because Catherine's. Because
1: of Catherine. Ka- I you know. honestly, like, her MO, that would probably be the least surprising news ever. Like, her causing a giant rift in a family that she's no longer really involved in.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's. Naomi accused her of that the first episode. Oh,
1: fuck. That's right. You destroyed a whole family. Wow. Well, see? Here we go.
0: That's what she does. Hot
1: take. Check it. <laughs> we did get to see the boys golfing love that scene by the way they both have decent strokes
0: sports i wouldn't say that but all right you didn't think that they like i
1: was pleasantly surprised by their swings i thought craig was actually pretty good um i
0: didn't think austin's was
1: terrible i was expecting uh, much worse
0: a lot of a lot of ground coming up a lot of chunks all right he even said it. he was like when was the last time you played golf and i'm like aren't you guys you guys are like at a country club like absolutely at a country club picked oh, up sure picked up beers to go to the range definitely a country club you don't, you don't ever golf? Like, what do you guys... Like, Craig's hand-stitching pillows, painstakingly? Like, what else do you... If I lived in Charleston, I'd be... Craig golfed. He said that he golfed, like, a few days prior with Shep. Oh, man. I'd love to see Shep swing.
1: It's probably phenomenal because he spent all his time doing golf lessons and yeah. not working. He's well, probably got a great swing.
0: Speaking of lessons, Austin gets texting lessons from Craig.
1: I thought that was hysterical.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it is funny because, like, we know that... Eventually, whatever's going on with them boils over to a wrestling match. At I've night. heard,
1: I've heard speculation that that was like a play fight, like they're drunk and like horsing around.
0: Ah, that would really suck because it, it kind of seems I mean, it does kind of seem like they're repairing the relationship, which is good. I, I, I'd rather see the two of them as friends and try to, you know, grow up together as we've talked about. But yeah, I mean, Austin's texting Olivia about like day drinking the next day, which. I mean, you're like 38, like 39. Like, yeah, let's, let's, like, let's, day we're, drink. we're day Cancel tomorrow. Cancel your schedule. We're day drinking. We got tomorrow. a darty tomorrow. Like, like, if
1: someone texted me, clear your schedule. We're partying tomorrow. I'd be like, that sounds exhausting. And no, thank you, sir. It I'm is going 96 to work. degrees <laughs> out. We are in a heat wave,
0: and I will be in the air conditioning at work where I don't have to pay for it. But I did,
1: <laughs> I did like the, the back and forth about like the text. Like, how, how do you intro? Are you a hey with two Ys, three Ys, or one Y? You used to text me hey in high school and I fucking hated it. Yeah, it was great. But, but like,
0: yeah, I mean, if I'm talking to my girlfriend, still one Y. Like, I don't know. The, the double Y thing was what like. What about
1: punctuation? There, was, punctuation? there was a
0: graph at one point, which I'm going back to my fucking graphs, but there was a graph that showed, like, how many Ys are acceptable. And it's like the first Y is, like, short, like, something's wrong. Two Ys, happy. Three Ys, flirty four or five wise drunk <laughs> so i mean i guess it checks out because he sent like four fucking wise on his hay and it was about day drinking and they were drinking so it was weird and then craig's talking about punctuation and he's just trying to figure out and we're not really sure what the hell is going on in their relationship but they're still together while we're on this topic um but you kind of see like last week he's talking about netflix and chill this week he's talking about day drinking, he's and like also clearing your like,
1: schedule. Well, he's also referencing like, yeah, I'm going to talk to her about like my expectations, which are seemingly not high. And then he's like, and then I'm going to get out of town and turn my phone off because well, he's Craig's,
0: taking- Craig's not, maybe not the, the authority on this because of how him and Paige got together. That was the most odd, casual, not so casual type of thing where they're talking about like first couple of weeks. Yeah. We're talking, we hook up when you're around, But like, we can still talk to other people, right? And they're both like cool with it, air quotes. Mm -hmm. And then they're not really cool with it, but they're still showing it. So, like, Craig's not the person to talk to about this, really. Not at all. I know that you want to repair your relationship with Craig. And like, the easiest way to do that is, hey, man, help me out with this girl. Because nothing makes you feel more empowered as a friend, as a guy friend, than be like, dude. I dude, got you. dude, I need some help. I know how to talk to
1: James, hey bro. I know you're good with the ladies. Help yeah. me out with my text message. It's
0: flattering <laughs> and it also makes you feel important. So really it works out.
1: <laughs> the main portion of this episode was a joint party for Vanita and um, Madison I think it's a birthday party, but I was later confused because it seemed to be an engagement party.
0: I think you and Vanita both.
1: Yeah, I felt I felt bad for Vanita. There was one point she was standing like to the side, like, ah, right, let's take pictures over here. And she's like kind of voguing by herself and no one's paying attention to her. She's alone. I was like, Man, like this is her birthday party. I think she was the one that initially like planned the party. Yeah, so- she
0: did. She she was the one who planned the lunch with Madison the week before. And I mean you want to talk about an emotional terrorist. Madison oh, she checks all the boxes for a that. Different level. She was all she was a fucking absolute monster with this. Like inviting Olivia and Catherine behind Vanita's back.
1: The, after they had
0: already finalized the invite list. Yep. And then also she knew like you get engaged. I'm not saying that like her engagement was planned around her birthday or anything. Maybe our boy Brett from Scottsdale, Arizona, which oh, yeah. by the way, real housewives of uh, Scottsdale, maybe Brett will get involved there. Maybe oh, Madison who's out that there, Madison's let's, let's going gonna... to go?
1: Wow. Call back to those three fake housewife franchises. Yeah. I mean,
0: we're going to be on the team to go out there and scout, but oh yeah, <laughs> when everybody shows up, and Madison just got engaged, what, like a week? I mean, the time frames are always skewed, but like she got engaged pretty recently. It's the first time that she's seeing a lot of these people. Yeah. Everything that they say, it's like, oh right, it's also Vanita's birthday. Today is Vanita's birthday.
1: No, no, no. It was, was the it, next day. It was it the next was the day. Next day yeah. Well,
0: Madison's like a week from now or something. So yeah, it wasn't it even next close. And
1: regardless, like when you have a joint birthday party, like take it upon yourself in those moments to like be like, yeah, I know it's, it's it's a beautiful ring, thank you, but happy birthday, Vanita. Like, turn it back to your friend and like help out a little bit. Don't like she's such an attention hound, and like I I genuinely fell for Vanita, and I just wanted her to like have a good time, but we get Patricia comes up with her pussy dress, as she calls it.
0: God, do I mean, do you scene- want
1: to know where my head went when she said "pussy dress"? Yeah, like. I couldn't, I was trying to picture what the fuck that meant. I was like, is it like, remember those vagina hats? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, was it like a vagina hat dress? Yes. Or was it one that like, maybe it's a little short, so she calls it her pussy dress? No, it's a cat dress. So she comes strolling in, in a cat dress and that's probably where my mind should have went because she's a Southern belle. Well, and- I
0: think and on Watch What Happens Live, they were talking about Sutton's uh, fashion she, they andy asked her about her um couture pussy bow and the guy from uh the hip hippie uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. he was like oh yeah i like that dress <laughs> like oh, jesus dude like, settle down buddy where's the when's the next dead concert you gotta get the hell yeah, out of here settle down pal but oh. yeah i mean it, i don't know with patricia and whitney you get the scene with them walking around the house. And oh, I it. once again, we talk about Michael the butler, the poor guy. My bar's just been a mess and nobody can make a drink quite like Michael. It's, and she did say, I miss him at least this time. But like, then Whitney's like trying to clean up, but then he just stops. And they're just like, Oh, what are, what are you also, doing?
1: dude, he's got that stupid fucking look where you tuck in your shirt into your belt. Like you're trying to be stylish. Like you're Johnny fucking Depp or something. And he just looks sloppy.
0: Well, I tried to look at it like it was like, I tried to look at it positively this week. Why? I don't know. I, I just, How? I don't want to be upset all the time when they're on the camera. So like I was looking at it like, all right, people enjoy their banter. People like what they're doing. Maybe I can try that for a change. Yeah. We and got I called tried. out for not enjoying it, by the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. We can't enjoy everything, but I just downright could not enjoy it. I'm like, all right, enough. I don't care. Like just move on.
1: Yeah, and I the good thing is those scenes end fairly quickly, like it's in and out, but back to the birthday party. Um there's a lot of tension, all right? Like there's a lot of unresolved issues within the group. You got Naomi and Vanita and their shit with Catherine. I mean, I guess it's all Catherine centric, which is not surprising. It is,
0: and I think Olivia gets an unfair shake with this because I mean, Catherine was like the first person to kind of like welcome her in and be friends with her. So I wonder why. Well, yeah, I guess she probably spurned everybody else. But Olivia catching these strays just because she's friends with Catherine. Like pe- people are going to be friends with whoever they're going to be friends with. It doesn't mean that she's responsible for the shit that Catherine does and says. No. So leave her out of this. Like, Vinita, well, to
1: to Naomi's credit, she pulls her aside pretty quickly and squashes that bug.
0: I thought that was fine. That I, was, did too.
1: I didn't think Olivia bought it. I thought she was still very skeptical.
0: I think she should be skeptical. I
1: agree. But I, I, to Naomi's credit, she's like, let's just get this out of the way. And she does that. Bang. I,
0: I thought it was genuine as a third party.
1: Well, I didn't ask.
0: I just I just <laughs> let my opinions fly. When they get to the
1: table, um, Leva brings it up. Because Patricia gives this whole speech about... You know, a clean slate, like let's start from scratch, whatever. I've never had a clean slate in my life, she claims. But now's the moment, I guess. And to Leva's credit, I love the people in the group that will call out like, yo, there's some shit that we need to sort out. Let's sort it out right now. And so she brings it up. We want clean slates. Let's clean these slates then. We got issues. Let's solve them. Vanita comes out of the gate.
0: Vanita pointed at the
1: two of them. Yeah, huh Vanita. Like,
0: Le- Leva just kind of motioned towards everybody. She's like, we've got some issues. You know, we got to get clean some slates here. And Vanita's just like those, eyeballing them. Like, boom, two. these two right here. Oh. Again, Olivia catching a stray. What did, what Olivia did was talk to Naomi, which was a very fair question about, well, then why did you come to Catherine's party if you knew you were going to have a bad time? You don't want to be here. Whatever. That was fair. Vanita got on her, ganged up on her, then apologized. And then two yes, weeks so she's later. Yeah,
1: about that drama.
0: Yeah, and then two weeks later, what? It's Because it's your birthday, you get to bring the drama back up? Like, no, no. When you squash it. It's squashed. Unless something else happens. I think what's happening is Vanita's not directing her anger back at Madison for inviting the two of them. She's directing it at the two of them for showing up. Yeah. Probably. Like, they were invited. Like, go to Madison. Like, and Madison's over there slight smirk Uh, she knows what's going on she set it up yep so I I think she knew that was going to happen and I mean look like Olivia shouldn't have been catching that she kind of kept herself relatively composed you know she talked to Naomi she's like we figured this out and then Catherine just went the fuck off
1: yeah she told Naomi to shut the fuck up her opinion doesn't matter she doesn't matter like I don't care for you whatsoever in any way shape or form which is funny to me because their interactions, and I haven't seen a lot of Southern Charms, so I don't know what their past interactions have been. I'm assuming not great. But the worst interaction of the day was Vanita and Catherine when they're standing there before they sit down. And she pretty much questions Catherine's parenting, mm-hmm. like, flat out.
0: Leave the kids out of it.
1: Leave the kids out of it. I mean, they were valid questions that she was asking. Like, they had merit. But... If you claim to not be about drama and this is your birthday party and you want to keep the peace and you want everyone to kiki and have a good time, that's very pointed. Like, well, I is think, this what you're teaching your children? Like,
0: woo. I think the moment Vanita realized that Madison invited the two of them, all bets were off. I agree. Was, I think
1: that she kind of took the gloves off. Mm-hmm. I would love if it like came to an end and it zoomed in on Madison's face and she just got like a grin like, hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, yeah, evil
1: smirking in the corner. Yeah, exactly, where she just... And then it just fades to black. And that takes us right into Ultimate Girls Trip, my arguably favorite Bravo show for the time being. I've I've really enjoyed this whole season, I'm not going to lie. But it's the morning after Bluestone Manor, after Dorinda went off the rails once again. And... Like the ladies are all kind of talking about it and saying that she keeps getting away with it. She just comes down and apologizes the next day. And I agree. And like this has kind of been Dorinda's M.O. forever. Like She loses her fucking mind at night. She gets too drunk. She turns into Slurinda and just starts saying horrible things that you can't really take back. But the next day, she always goes up to the person immediately and like, shoulder touch, I love you. I'm sorry. And then acts like, nothing happened and even in that moment where she's apologizing quote-unquote apologizing to brandy she's like i love you i'm sorry and brandy's like well you can't just say shit like that it's fucked up that's my kid she's like i know that's why i apologized it's like
0: she said i used the wrong reference yeah which is wild i should have said if somebody close to you died (laughs) like no just apologize don't don't specify what you said and what you should no, have no, said. No, no, no. Like your cousin. Like if your cousin had died. Yeah, your dad died. I mean, yeah. What do you want? Don't you know? be so sensitive. It is It is important to note two things. Uh, the show did start off with Marco. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I forgot that. You yeah. know, Marco confessional, him talking about it, and he's like, you know, it's been, a, it's been a wild couple of days. I don't even know what day it is. What is it? Like day four? Flashes on the screen. Day six. Day six. He has no idea what's going on. He's still in a trance. I just loved
1: that scene because it felt like if one of us were implanted into this show, like that would have been our confessional. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know why there's so much drama. They're so quick to get over it.
0: Stop asking. questions. I don't questions. know what day
1: it is. Like
0: <laughs> go back and watch the tape. I have no idea what happened. I have to decompress for a couple yeah. of weeks after this one.
1: Oh my God. He's going to go to like a retreat, like a, Buddhist retreat and they try to regain center
0: he's gonna have to but yeah um between that and and what you said about Dorinda like the way that she's handling this and just going off the fucking rails slurring all over the place we saw that some unseen footage from last week she was in the car while Vicky was on social media about to wish Steve her ex's daughter a happy birthday it was like her second birthday or whatever Dorinda's like oh no 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 don't do that and then just starts like kind of slurring off and Vicky's like well what the fuck and she and Dorinda just goes off the rails. You need to disconnect. Blah blah blah. All this, and Vicky's just like, "Leave me alone. Like, let me do what I'm gonna do. I don't need you in the back seat slurring to tell me what to do." And Dorinda just uses the fact that this is her house to her advantage. It's like her protection. She leans on that crutch constantly. Yeah, and like nobody's gonna, nobody's really gonna pick a fight back with me because they're staying at my house. I'm the lord of the manor. Like no, like it, I, I think. As nice as Bluestone Manor has been, and I guess, you know, seemingly we get some sort of reconciliation at the end. I think it was a bad mistake by Bravo. Yeah,
1: it was a terrible choice. Giving Dorinda that power. Because we
0: saw that coming right away. We're like, oh, that's not good.
1: Well, I no, I, I told you, I enjoyed the first one. I was like, oh, wow. She's like the narrator. That's kind of fun. And then she just like gets power crazy and just goes off the rails. And it was really annoying. And what was nice about this episode is that. She gets checked, and not only that, like she takes it in stride and like listens. Now, do I think that that was a move? One thousand percent. Do I think that she saw the writing on the wall? And when Brandy was like, you know, they want season one, season two, Dorinda, and the way you're acting, you're gonna be on pause forever. Mm -hmm. I don't think she had like a come to Jesus revelation moment in that moment. I think that that was more her realizing like oh fuck i'm not doing as well as maybe i thought i was and i need to change my tactics
0: yeah and and i fully agree with that and we do see like i think dorinda drank less that day it was kind of funny because in the morning they were all kind of having this like woo-saw moment about like no fighting today we're not going to do anything and then immediately let's fight about the night before yep and they just start yelling at each other and going back and forth and like that's so fucking funny and then they stop and they're like all right we'll just ease off on the drinking today. And Phaedra comes in like, we're going to a winery yeah. today. <laughs> like, Saddle up. Right away. Like, and everyone's like, wait, you don't even drink wine. She's like, yeah, I just thought it'd be fun to go to a winery. It seemed like the good thing to do.
1: But I had faith from the jump because Phaedra says like today, we're going to keep it peaceful. Everything's going to be copacetic. And if there's one person I trust to keep the peace, it's my girl Phaedra. And she did that successfully. They get to the vineyard. They're doing the tasting. She opens with a prayer. I thought that was lovely. And they're all kind of vibing. Like, there's no tenseness at the table, at least.
0: No, and they are, like, still drinking excessively. You see Um, Eva jump on the back of Brandy, and Brandy immediately falls over, and they're all laughing and having a good time. Uh, The one person who wasn't really having a good time, Vicky, because right before She was sitting in bed talking about we're all gonna die someday. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Which she's done before on the show, like well before this. And I hear she has an obsession with like death. uh, Well, I, I don't know what the hell's going on with her, but she like actually started breaking down and crying because she's like, We're all gonna die someday. And everyone's like, What the fuck, Vicky?
1: And she's gonna like she goes, and I'm gonna die sad. Like, write that on my tombstone. I think
0: she said that. Like, when I die, I hope everybody knows I died sad. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, morbid as hell. For somebody who's having, like, way more fun and it's, like, noticeable to see her coming out of her shell a little bit. She's not as guarded. She's not, maybe she's not fully out of her shell, but she's not getting mad when people say things to her. She's just kind of, like, taking it in stride. She's rolling with the
1: punches better, but I don't know. She's still not doing it for me. And I don't, I think that's why we're not going to see a resurgence of Vicky, but I did think that she was a good sport this episode, like after the vineyard, you know, they go outside and there's actually a nice moment between Vicky and Dorinda, whether it was genuine from Dorinda's side or not. I do genuinely think that when Dorinda has those heart to hearts, like in that moment, she is being genuine. I don't think that holds true once she leaves the conversation. I think she's like, I do feel this way right now. And as soon as I walk away and I have a bad thought about you, everything I just said goes out the window and go fuck yourself. Like that's how I think her brain operates. But in that moment, she kind of just says like, I didn't know you were so vulnerable. I didn't know that you were, I just thought you were like this big, tough, like successful, strong businesswoman, And like, that's my fault. And I'm sorry. And, Vicky accepts the apology, says that was hard for you, which I thought was like slightly condescending, which is funny, but they kind of make up like everybody at this point, the only question mark really is Taylor and Brandy. Like you don't know if they're going to be cool or not because they've been at each other's throat the whole fucking time.
0: Yeah. And I, I felt like this episode had a couple of components that felt way more like a housewife show. Like there were a couple of scenes like that scene that you just talked about. But it actually felt like an organic housewife moment, which the rest of this has just been fucking chaos.
1: It's been mayhem, and I loved it. I loved pretty much every second of it for the most part.
0: Well, it is kind of wild that like yeah we're we're watching this unfold you know week to week, and we're at like week six of this, and we talk about this all the time with the housewife shows. We never know what the timeline is. this one we know what the timeline is yep, it's in September if you compare them from day six to day one it's crazy like they're a different before, people a
1: before and after
0: it's it's unbelievable they're like completely different people they're all kind of aesthetic. obviously day five ended tumultuously and now we're sitting here day six and everybody's singing kumbaya and having a great time and i mean it's nice to see but when you put it in context like that it's crazy these people have changed that much and grown that much in five days
1: They really have the one person that I think has actually stayed true to form all the way through has been Brandy. And I don't think she's changed. I think she's the exact same as she was episode one. She's just not. I thought that she was toning it down a little bit. And then we get all the vagina talk, all the she wanted to go down on Vicky and Vicky wasn't having it. She wanted to give Vicky a lap dance. And Vicky says, I'm a professional. I am a professional, which apparently they can't get lap dances. I don't know. She's a businesswoman. But the biggest news I got out of this episode is, one, arguably vindication for Brandy, and two, confirmation that Denise might have fooled around a little bit. She was
0: definitely fooling around.
1: Brandy, you know, there's that whole rumor that Brandy and Denise hooked up. That's been going on for a long time. Tamra, and maybe this is why Tamra's back. Just because she dropped this bombshell, she's like, I side with Brandy. And here's why. Like there was a moment at BravoCon where Denise, I guess, was kind of coming on to her, kept trying to invite her back to her room. And then the next day, I guess she was like texting her a lot, like reaching out. I think trying to gauge, like, hey, did I overstep? Or hey, are you gonna tell anybody about this? Like, hey, keep this under wraps.
0: Yeah, and we do get the funny scene with bravo editing in sources close to denise dispute this yeah <laughs> which was like very playful bravo knows exactly what they're doing they're not actually defending denise they just think that we're gonna find that funny which we did I, and, and it was, was great. great it was
1: solid editing but yeah um...
0: and and there was what i kind of thought was i mean this was before i guess um Tamara actually went off and talked about her story with denise she was asked who did she believe and she said uh denise denise and everyone's like. Oh, wait, really? And Brandy's like, what the fuck? Yeah, she got pissed. And then she goes, wait, what did I say? I meant Brandy. I'm like, ooh, Freudian slip there. Freudian slip. I don't know. But then Tamara came out and said, this is what happened. Yeah, she and backed it up. To your point, yeah. I mean, maybe her dropping that bomb, her being a little more central to everything this episode, maybe she comes back a little bit more next episode. Maybe that's enough to get her back to OC. Hey,
1: you know, it's not how you start.
0: It's how you finish. That's what they say.
1: Tamara, big finish. but
0: But yeah, and then... It just got, I don't even want to call it uncomfortably sexual because I thought, I thought that the first two episodes were-
1: Those were uncomfortably sexual.
0: Because everybody's so tense and like, we don't know what's going to happen. They start getting drunk. Brandy's just Brandy the whole time. Yep. What we have now is everybody understands that this is Brandy and they're opening up themselves. Brandy's still the same person. They're just fully open now. So we get lap dances. We get her and Taylor making out after being at each other's throats for five days and then I thought the funniest part was Vicky went right for the one gift and she goes, I need this. And it was a vibrator. And oh, she's yeah, she's like not self-deprecating, but like making fun of herself a little bit because she's been so adamant, like, against all of the sexual talk. I know. And, like, I was doesn't proud want to open up. I'm like, good for you, Vicky, like yeah. actually opening up. And then of course everybody made her feel uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, instantly.
0: But it was funny, like the the round table discussion about who who would you fuck out of these? Who would you who would you, boink? Who'd you, who'd you boink? Boink, yeah, boink? Yeah, we're,
1: we're gentlemen. Who would you boink in the group? And Jill was livid because nobody picked her, and I kind of felt bad for. Her.
0: I well, nobody picked Taylor either. Yeah, but Taylor didn't or have. to re-
1: uh, I thought somebody said that they would. Well, Brandy, well, Brandy's, Brandy Brandy's been mentioned Vicky. something, so I, and I also don't think Vicky would give a fuck. No, but she was happy to be left out. Yeah, there. but Jill was like upset to the point where she kind of like shut down for the rest of the night. I thought that was too strong, but I understand being upset. Like, if like me, you and the boys were hanging out, like this comment came up, like you'd be a little upset if nobody wanted to boink you.
0: Yeah, of course. So I mean, I get it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I burned the place down. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> um, And that takes us to the meat and potatoes, baby. The Rob-huh. The Beverly Hills. And we've got two episodes this week. We're going to kind of pick through the first one a little bit, and then we're going to dive into the second one. But last week's episode, we finally got to see the apology that I thought we were going to get the week prior to that. But we get to see Erica apologize to Garcelle and seemingly the entire group. Like, everyone's involved. And I thought, actually, that the apology was good. I thought that she was genuine. She addressed everything. Like, you know, I treated them like they were adults. They are not. That is my mistake. I was wrong. Period.
0: Well, Oliver is an adult.
1: Oliver is an adult. Yeah, but she was treating, when you tell a 14-year-old to get the fuck out, like, that's problematic. But I thought that the highlight of that is when Kyle tries to, like, jump in. Like, I think that we, like, give her a little grace. It's been, like, two times in whatever. And then Garcelle's just, like... There you go, jumping ship. Like, here we go again. Like, Kyle, stay the fuck out of this. It's between me and her. We're cool now. Like, Erica apologized to me. I'm going to say my piece because you don't talk about my kids like that. And then we're moving on from it. Like, you don't need to interject here. And like, that flashes then to like their lunch later where they're talking about Erica's drinking and her meds. And to Kyle's point, I think it is dumb for Erica to use the word meds because it paints like a different picture of what she's taking, but they're talking about like, is she an alcoholic or whatever? And like, I mean, are there some red flags? Sure. Is it problematic to accuse somebody of being an alcoholic and putting that out there? If they're not an alcoholic, sure. Is it something to keep an eye on? Yes.
0: Yeah. And the way that Kyle phrased it both times was, you know, it's really nice to see Erica let her hair down and have some fun. And everybody keeps doing it. Like we saw it on like, watch what happens live. Andy's like, do you feel like it's nice to see Erica let her hair down and have some fun. And and Lisa's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is kind of nice, but like you don't do that to somebody's kids. Like, right. It's the whole problem. And I mean, it just keeps repeating itself. At first I just thought, all right, you know what? Kyle's just pining for Diana's love for multiple reasons. But now she's also coming to Erica's aid and just completely tone deaf. Just stay out of it. Like these solutions. And we see it later in the episode, the solutions between the two women, whoever it is that's in a fight always works better when everybody's there and they air it out because you get a couple different opinions. You get people backing you up, people backing the other person up, people shining a light on a different perspective. And that's all they were doing. Kyle, you're not being helpful no she wasn't doing anything
1: and that's kind of her mo now is like she interjects into situations where she's not needed not necessary and she doesn't do anything to further the conversation to get to some kind of resolution faster she arguably makes it worse and that like something happened tonight that we'll get to eventually but like, it's just a bummer, man. It's it's I'm seeing it more and more with her and it continues to break my heart. There's like a little piece of me that's still holding on to hope and I she keeps falling short and it's upsetting, but
0: I'm sure you're not alone with that. I mean there's no there's enough out there where people are like, I don't understand why people are hating on Kyle and like you can you can do both. You can still be a Kyle stan, you can still say she means well in some aspect and also point out that she's doing something shitty. So it's like, both can be true, but you really need to show that Kyle's doing dumb things and backing the wrong person constantly this year.
1: Mainly because of Diana, and that goes directly to our, like, kind of the climax of this episode was the lunch between Sutton and Diana.
0: Which, again, I don't understand why—and this is probably just—I think Sutton set it up. Like, there's no chance in hell that Diana reached out to Sutton and said, hey, we need to get lunch. I think the producers set it up. You think so? I I could see Sutton doing it because Sutton—so many things go over her head that she doesn't realize. Like, she thought that the end of Garcelle's party, they were cool. She thought that that hug was
1: genuine. This is when I struggle with Sutton because it's
0: like,
1: dude— In what world was that a real hug? She was laughing in your shoulder, like rolling. You couldn't feel her roll her eyes in your shoulder?
0: No, I I really do think that like Sutton just doesn't pay, like maybe not pay attention. I think that she just doesn't read situations. She doesn't pick up
1: on social cues.
0: No, never. And whatever the hell's going through her mind during that situation is whatever. But I could easily see Sutton reaching out to Diana and saying, hey, do you want to get some lunch and we'll talk about this? And Diana says... I don't really want to but the producers say i have to yeah maybe so she goes it. and it's so awkward just from the jump and they're sitting down and like you can tell diana wants nothing to do with rectifying the situation for
1: somebody that's quote unquote this like super upper class woman she is fucking classless as hell like sit down and give this woman the time of day you are adults she is trying to talk to you to come to some kind of terms that you guys are at least like sociable around each other. And you can't even listen to what she's saying without rolling your eyes, making a public scene, making a public mockery of this woman. It doesn't make you tough. It doesn't make you witty. It makes you look stupid and it makes you look immature. And like my skin was crawling watching this shit. I was like, sudden stop explaining yourself and get up and fucking leave
0: which she did eventually but like the whole time you could kind of see like the way that sutton's mind was working she started at one point she was just like i thought we were cool maybe we're not so that's where she started she was like are we missing something here yes clearly okay let's downgrade it a little bit more can we still be friends clearly not okay can we be in the same room together diana can't even give her that like First off, you're on the fucking show together. You're going to be in the same room together. It's it's going to be tiring as hell if you're going to hold this grudge forever over something that was absolutely a miscommunication. I do think that Sutton went into the Garcelle thing with ill intentions. Like, I'm going to call her out on this.
1: I think that she was going to call her out, but I think that the way that Diana's portraying like how the fuck it went down is... Not what happened at all. It's all wrong. It's entirely
0: wrong. And And she's
1: gaslighting and she's making false claims and she's trying to paint this horrible picture of Sutton. It's like, no, she did call you out about why you aren't on bed rest, period. After that, what she was saying was genuine. And Diana at the dinner is like, nothing you say is genuine. Nothing you do is genuine. The fakest person in the world. I don't believe anything you say. I don't like you. I don't want to be in the same like vicinity as you. Like she's just so mean and not in a fun housewives way. In like a bitchy teenager like immature and again, just fucking classless. Like she for someone that preaches class and wealth and all of this stupid shit, she has none.
0: Well, and the other problem is the other housewives aside from Garcelle. And I mean, now you get Shuri in the mix too, and she's helping out. I like Shuri. I like Shuri a lot. I think she brings a lot to the table. I think she brings a lot of level headedness and like unbiased opinions to the table. Whereas like, all right, you know, Sutton, Kyle Dorit, you're sitting down with her asking her how the lunch went. And Sutton's talking about her two miscarriages. And she's like, I was just trying to relate to her and let her know, like I've been through it. Like I get it. Are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, are you mad at me? Like, what's the hell?
1: takes Diana's side. Of
0: course she fucking does because she's just as bad as Kyle. She just sits there and she's like, well, what else? Like, she doesn't even say, I didn't know that you had two miscarriages. Like, I'm so sorry. And that's kind of what I get from Sutton. And Sutton brings this up and not once do any of the other housewives say, I'm so sorry, Sutton. Like, I had no idea. Like, I get that. You were just trying to relate to her. No one fucking says that. They're always like, well, Diana felt like this. Like, fuck Diana. Fuck Honestly, Diana. I but don't give a shit what Diana felt. they all want to be
1: tight with her fucking money, dude. That's what it's all about. They want, they know that she is like an it girl or it woman in Hollywood. Yeah. And they want to be in that umbrella. And it's it's annoying as shit because like all sense goes out the window.
0: But what I would say, like, I'm happy that, I mean, the end of the the conversation between Diana and Sutton at lunch was brutal, but only from Diana's side. Like, she just kept, they kept repeating the same thing over and over she again. Admitted and she admitted like, to being fake. Yeah. She's like, oh, I am fake. Like, I am that fake. was the fakest hug I've ever given. Yeah. That was the fakest emotion I've ever had. Like, you are fucking fake. Yeah. She says and, I'm fake. She literally says verbatim, I am fake. And she goes back and forth and Sutton says, I'm very genuine. Everything I do is very genuine. And it just keeps going. If you say so, if you say so,
1: that's the truth. If you say so, that's the truth. If you say so, it is. If you say stop it,
0: shut up. And then Sutton rightfully so ends it like, all right, you know what? This is it. I'm leaving. Like, see you later. But like, didn't cause a scene. Didn't get all pissed off. Just got up, grabbed her bag. I'm going to head out. See you later. Thank you. She even thanked her for fucking lunch. Yeah, she which said, Thank also, you. also I
1: hope that she stepped her with the bill.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I would. But,
1: I, I 100%
0: would. But that's where we get, and, and this brings me back, I don't understand why they always, I guess it's better for the show. Why do they do these things one-on-one, if not just for the drama? Everything always gets resolved in a group of people. Even if Diana doesn't mean, which she's the fakest person in, on the show right now, even if she doesn't mean what she says later, at least it's somewhat resolved, and the other housewives know what's going on. But that episode pretty much was just that launch, and Mm -hmm. it sets up everything that happens in uh, tonight's episode as well. Yeah, and I tonight's
1: episode wasn't like super thrilling, but I loved the Jamie Lee Curtis cameo because I fucking love Jamie Lee
0: Curtis. Oh, and thank God because everybody else had COVID.
1: Yeah, I know. Rena has COVID. Um,
0: Garcelle Garcelle
1: had COVID. Erica they all end up getting it at some point in this episode, except like Cherie and I think Diana. Yeah. But I love, I I forgot that, um, Kyle was in Halloween with Jamie Lee multiple times. So like, that's where that relationship comes from. And I guess it's a lunch for, um, Jamie Lee Curtis's company that makes and sells things. That's a hundred percent nonprofit. All proceeds go to, um, children's hospital, which is, Cool. It was like a really cool lunch, and she brings a gift bag for each one of the ladies. And in that gift bag was a wind chime, um, a snuggy little thing. Um,
0: some body lotion, I think. Some body a
1: lotion, a candle, like whatever.
0: Normal things.
1: Very run-of-the-mill average gifts that you would get in a gift bag.
0: Well, I thought the wind chime was pretty cool, but otherwise, very run-of-the-mill.
1: Did you think it was chic? I thought it was chic Because Dorit... I've never in my life. I thought it was a skit. She pulls out like a fucking like cup. What are those cups called? Um,
0: oh, the the tumblers. The tumblers. Yeah. She
1: pulls out a tumbler. Everybody in the world looks at a tumbler and understands what a tumbler does. It keeps your drink either hot or cold. Period. Dorit goes. Oh, it keeps your drink hot and cold. Amazing. <laughs>
0: Groundbreaking technology for
1: (laughs) and water is wet. Oh, that's going to cause some people don't think water is wet. Oh God. Oh boy. Uh, What let me do is that the sky is blue, grass is green, except for Shooter because he's colorblind.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there is that, but I I thought that the fundraiser, I I was a little worried in the beginning of the episode just because we find out that like three of the top dogs have COVID, so we're not going to get a whole lot. I'm like, oh God, are we going to have an entire episode without the three of them? Thankfully, not. But it does add to a certain mix because you see Kyle and Jamie Lee setting up the table and putting people next to each other.
1: And this is when the fucking Kyle shit comes back up because who does she sit next to each other?
0: I honestly just think that Kyle wasn't thinking. I think that she was doing enough. No No, fucking I'm not defending Kyle at all. All I'm saying is if she's this is at her home, she's setting up something, trying to be nice to Jamie Lee. Fine, I get that. Starstruck. I'm a little starstruck. She said,
1: "Diana here, Sutton here." She wasn't thinking verbally.
0: Well, no. What happened was she put Diana at the end of the table, and then Jamie Lee Curtis came over with Sutton's bag and said, "And Sutton here." And Kyle said, "Uh, yeah." Didn't think about it. I disagree. Just went right. Did you
1: see her reaction to Sutton when she was trying to put on the the like eyelash? It was like she was talking to her three year old. Like, don't touch her. Like, I thought she was going to jump across the fucking Mm -hmm. table.
0: No, it was there was actually a really funny capture that I saw on Twitter. It was Kyle with her very angry face and in the background, Diana licking her lips. And it was like this is <laughs> this is this season by the way. Here that's, we go.
1: That's great. I love that. But um, yeah, I
0: mean it's after we get as soon as we see that the two of them are sitting next to each other, Diana immediately swaps. Gets over, Sheree comes over, saves the day thankfully. Nobody makes a big deal about it. Not a big deal at all. But then Dorit, when she's not sticking her nose up Jamie Lee Curtis's ass. She's sticking it up Diana's ass. Exactly. Sneaking across the table. How did the lunch go? Like, talk about it another time.
1: Diana fucking says that she went home and scrubbed herself.
0: Scrubbed herself. Like,
1: you grow up, all right? It it can't be that bad. No one, I've never hated somebody in my life enough to like go home and scrub myself after having a lunch or like conversing with them. That's that was crazy. Like, her reactions to everything, like, over the top and incorrect, and I just, I can't stand it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I did think that getting back to Dorit, which I, you know, we can push all the Sutton and, and Diana shit aside and move forward with it. I thought that Dorit did a great job with her acting. I think she might be in the next Halloween movie with that.
1: Oh, they're all vying now for, like, horror film contracts, apparently. They got Sutton and Chucky and halloween with kyle so maybe dorit wants a little taste of that action i could see that
0: yeah absolutely moving to a different room i think at first we get sutton sitting with Cherie and then dorit mm-hmm. dorit comes in she just wants the gossip again she just asked diana about yep. it diana had the most dramatic fucking answers in the world ridiculous sits down with sutton sutton's like explaining it from her perspective and again Not once does anybody say, all right, Sutton, like I get it. Like you were just trying. It didn't work out. Not a big deal. She's just immediately taking Diana. Diana's not even there. And she's taking Diana's side. I know. Sutton must feel, if Sutton isn't the way that she is, the way that her mind is built, she must like feel like the loneliest person on this cast because nobody except for Garcelle and now Cherie ever understands what she's doing and like sticks up for her.
1: Well, Cherie had a great, great quote. She was like, why are you always in trouble? And... Sutton was like, "I don't know." She's like, "Because I say what I think," and she's like, "Well, we're gonna stop doing that." No, she said.
0: She said, "Where did that get you?"
1: Oh, where did that get? That's right. And Sutton's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna stop talking." But then you guys aren't gonna like me when I stop talking. And I agree. I have finally warmed up to Sutton because of the talking, the shit that she says, and like she's fucking funny unintentionally,
0: completely unintentionally. And if she doesn't talk, if she doesn't do these things, there's not much of a storyline, to be honest. Like That's what it's been for the last two years is Sutton saying or doing something, talking her way deeper into a hole, and then somebody comes and saves her finally. And she has gotten so good at apologizing. But while this is going on, while the three of them are talking, we flash over to Diana, Kyle, and Crystal. And Crystal's telling them about something that's very close to her and very serious. About her eating disorder. I actually do think that she was very genuine and I give her props for talking about it, especially like on the air. She posted something on Instagram and then talked about it on the show.
1: Yeah, I think that it's important, you know, for obviously these women aren't role models all of the time, but when you have a platform, like I I do appreciate when they have very human moments to like put that out there and like be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and be like, yeah, I'm struggling. I thought that was a cool moment for her actually
0: yeah and then we get kyle doing what kyle's been doing all season inserting herself and i yeah i get it it's kind of what sutton does where she's just trying to relate but crystal's opening up about this breaking down and you're asking her very serious questions. like
1: very specific questions it would
0: be like if you want to compare this to sutton and diana's thing it would be like sutton like all right, so what happened with the miscarriage? Did yeah, you give birth like to the baby? Let's, like, let's was dig it into this? this? Like, let's. A bit. I went medically. Like, how was this happening? Yeah. It was, and Kyle's just using it under the gaze of, I went through this. Like, I was younger. I, I get that too. That's fine. Like, good for you that you went through that and you got through it and you're good now. And you can't. You just can't be asking people that serious. Of I questions. think when
1: she's opening up about it, you got to just let her talk and and sympathize with her, but. The crazy thing is, like, I thought that was a one-up moment. Diana doesn't say a fucking word.
0: No, she just licks her lips the whole time. Yeah,
1: she licks her lips and just like, oh, that's really tough. And like, is not commenting on the fact that Kyle just pulled a full-blown Sutton, but worse. And
0: everything's about Kyle, right?
1: Everything's cool because it's Kyle, it's not Sutton. And then they all convene together and we get what you say is the only way to resolve problems with these groups of women is like, get them in a group and get them to talk it out in front of other people. And that's what they do. And this pissed me off because Sutton has nothing to apologize for.
0: No, she she, doesn't
1: need to say sorry. And she fucking says, sorry.
0: She claimed that 95% of the issue was her
1: 98% was Diana. I'll give Sutton 2% for coming in hot with the, you're not in bed rest now. Like, yep, that's her two percent.
0: Absolutely, the Which, rest is Diana. I didn't think it was that problematic.
1: I didn't think so. I thought for like a housewife show, that's pretty mellow.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was on the heels of her sending a group text, misspelling Garcelle's name, and talking about this whole like in depth situation. And then she just shows up. The I know, and everybody's wondering it. Like Diana was sick and in bed yesterday, on bed rest. Why is she here now? And she's here now, and nobody Sutton has didn't... the balls to ask her except for Sutton, and, and Sutton she gets crushed, and smoked. no one helps her.
1: No, she gets teamed up on by multiple people except for Garcelle, thank God. But they're sitting there and Diana goes awkward and Kyle does the fakest fucking laugh and like it hits her giggle. in the knee. And I was like, what are you doing? You you look so fucking needy and it's embarrassing. We had a quick run in with the COVID ladies, Renna and Erica.
0: There was a line from Erica that I thought was very funny. She didn't mean for it to be funny, but I took it very funny. She said, she was talking about Tom's health and how it's deteriorating and all this stuff. And she goes, you know what? Like, I went down this road with my grandmother. (laughs) So I know how this works. So now in the same sentence, you're talking about your grandmother's deteriorating health and dying. And your husband. And your husband in a similar situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's there. And... Yeah, I mean, I, to her point, I wouldn't force him either. If you have to pay him alimony, no chance in hell. I mean, yeah, he's, he might kick the bucket in a year or less. Well, then but you do have to pay alimony. Exactly. So it's not really worth it. Just, you know, wait till...
1: Write <laughs> it out. Wait
0: till it goes, but... <laughs> wait
1: till it goes. <laughs> <laughs> a polite way of saying, wait till he dies.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and yeah, we it's just the COVID ladies just talking and figuring out what's going on.
1: But well, we get the return finally the return of kathy hilton yeah and we get to go to her house which holy shit
0: unbelievable it was incredible she just dropped she was like i was this is the tree and this is the room that i was posing for in uh architectural digest yeah (laughs) okay but she's kathy
1: hilton like i forget like the weight that that carries you know granted she's in some hot water right now but
0: but this did kind of seem like almost like an emergency button for bravo the season's going down the tubes. Let's bring out Kathy. Yeah,
1: let's bring out the big guns. Let's bring in Kathy. And I didn't think she was all that entertaining at the lunch. I thought that the lunch in general was bizarre.
0: That's how they do it in Paris apparently.
1: It's a baked potato with caviar. Do you like caviar? No. I don't either. No. And like if somebody served me that, like I I was with Kyle there where she's like, "Is this the entree?" I'm like, yeah.
0: I would just eat the baked potato and ask for another one. And she puts
1: so much caviar on there. That's insane. You can't put that much caviar on a baked potato. Yeah. I don't care who the fuck you are. Kathy Hilton, Paris Hilton, Tommy Hilton. Like it doesn't fucking matter. Like, it's too much caviar.
0: And then right from there, we get over to, which I thought was just such an odd moment. We get a little Asher return. Uh, and I, I always
1: forget about him until he comes back on the screen.
0: I. This is You're going to hate this. I thought... Oh, no that it was actually kind of nice oh, no. that he had a voice. So like we get these, the younger housewives I and mean, we see it with Sergio. They have no voice. They do, they can't do anything. Diana actually gave him props and said, you know, when it comes to these things, Asher's way more logical than I am. What I thought was very weird about this was they were walking through their own house with the party planner. We've been in this house a bunch of times mm-hmm. walking through their own house with the party planner it looked like they were showing a house like they've never seen this place before. They were standing awkwardly in corners and looking around and like you fucking live here.
1: Uncomfortable in their own home. It was
0: so strange. (laughs) And they're like talking about the stuff, like the layout out back. And Diana wants people to lay down during the party. I don't know. She has no idea what's going on. And Asher was like, no, we'll put a bar here and do this and that. And she just deferred to him. And I thought that was actually kind of nice. Not that I support Asher or like Asher at all, I mean, his exchange with Diana's twenty-two-year-old son in last week's episode—awkward as they fuck. didn't say a word to each other. Like he, they talked around each other. Like you could see Asher was like looking at at him, and her son was just like talking to his mom. Yeah, and then going back to the because Asher, like, he's
1: four years older than him. That's and fucking I weird. Get it?
0: It is very weird. But the minute
1: mis- I saw Asher walk onto the screen wearing a fucking beanie and triangle sunglasses, I was done immediately. They were diamonds. Were they diamonds? Diamond sunglasses. That's even worse. I wish you hadn't told me that.
0: You're
1: welcome. That's a pet peeve of mine. Beanies in warm weather. like Either hair or hat. No fucking beanie, pal. It's not hot outside. It's not practical. And you look stupid. Especially when you throw on some diamond fucking sunglasses. Tough look. Not an Asher fan. I... I have a really weird feeling you're going to start to turn into one, and I don't care for where this is going.
0: I don't think he gets enough screen time for me. to be. No, 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 no. But if he does, if he gets more screen time and he actually talks, like I need to see him around the other housewives. I don't want to just see him, Diana, mixing it up because that's boring. But if he gets involved anyway.
1: Well, Rena wants his fucking suit. He looked... Legit and like oh, I'm not Oh, Rina would post, rock that suit. For R- sure. Rina would crush that suit. But I want to post very Austin Powers. <laughs> I thought it was Night at the Roxbury. Oh yeah, that too. I want to post on our Instagram a uh, side by side of like Will Ferrell in Night at the Roxbury next to Asher and his outfit because I'm pretty sure it's the fucking same. He even had the chain. Yeah, he either looked like that. And if he took the jacket off, he would have looked like The Rock in that picture when he's got the fanny pack and the turtleneck on.
0: Well, this is and. It's it's just so weird the way that the cycle goes. Like when we show back up at their house and it goes from a barren house and not barren necessarily, but like you wouldn't know it was Christmas. You wouldn't know that they celebrate it. At this point, I think Christmas is over again. Time frame getting skewed. They're having a Christmas party. They come back. What seems like a couple hours later, decked out trees everywhere, decorations everywhere. And that's it looks surprising
1: crazy. to you. She can hire the well. World. Of course.
0: It was just funny to see like one moment, this one moment, that but we get back and it's like a cycle of COVID where you get a couple more back, you get a couple more out. And at first I stopped for a second when they said that Sutton wasn't coming. I was like, I don't think Sutton's petty like that. I think no. Sutton would show up. She 100%. faces her fears. Yes. So Sutton definitely had COVID and she was out. Um, but you see them all kind of like mix again. And the one thing that I have to say about like their, their outfits walking. And I thought for the majority of them, they look pretty good. Rina always fucks up her outfit with some weird shoes.
1: Oh, see, I I don't know if we're in a position to comment on shoes. Maybe that's like a good look.
0: No, I'm going to comment on. I mean, nobody really liked her look last week when she looked like Austin Powers. But she rolled That's in. not
1: true. They did the chic or meek on Watch What Happens Live tonight and they showed her Austin Powers outfit and everybody there said chic.
0: That's crazy to me.
1: But that's what I'm saying. We might not have the eye for the shoes. We're going
0: yeah, I don't eye or not. I'm putting a statement out there. I or not. (laughs) Putting a statement out there. The Brav Bros have an eye for fashion.
1: Yeah. F-A-S-H-U-N. Fashion.
0: And I think that Rinna, I I love for the majority of what she does. I like her outfits. I think she always just throws in some funky shoes and tries to land, and it doesn't really work.
1: Well, you know what? It's not your place to say. If she wants to wear the shoes, she can wear the shoes. Fuck you. It is my place to say. Okay. (laughs) But... I mean, the only kind of major thing here that happened at the dinner, um, Erica gets lit again, and she's talking to Crystal about her eating disorder, and it was just so fucking tone deaf. Like, she says at first, like, oh, yeah, I just take a bunch of laxatives. Like, whoa, whoa. One, you can't say that to somebody that has an eating disorder and like one you're suggesting a different way to do it or two you're saying like oh that's not a problem like just shit it out like it was so insensitive to crystal who honestly again in this episode like i actually enjoyed seeing her on the screen a little bit like she was talking to somebody else that was at the party about her kids and it was like a genuine moment where she was like actually eliciting emotion and she was like laughing and like having a good time. And I was like, all right, like I could, I can watch that.
0: Yeah. As long as she has like, and, and we walked through it a couple episodes ago with her and her family. Like when we see those genuine moments with crystal, she's it's fine. fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's good. And I, like, Kathy even called her. She said, I got to put a hat on you. You're Like, <laughs> You're like my, my little leprechaun, my
1: little green elf.
0: And like, it's just so funny. Like Kathy's so funny. Like when she walks in the way she says, hello.
1: Oh my God. Rina's impression of her was great where have you been? Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just so like, it's so great when she comes in and thank the Lord. We get Garcelle back because right when Erica says that to crystal, everybody kind of just like turns a blind eye, doesn't know. And Garcelle goes, Oh, you can't, you can't say that. Yeah. No, she, that's you don't know. Absolutely not. And then she goes, "Erica's not a doctor. We're like, fucking? Yeah. Erica's yeah. No not a shit. Doctor. I hope not. But you get Erica just going off the walls. When she showed up, she was like, ah, she just got off COVID, like just got off COVID, and she's walking through, and she's like, "Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna have a little drinks, a couple drinks tonight. I don't want another repeat of Garcelle's, or maybe, maybe I, I do. do. And like, what are you doing? Like, we just had this discussion with you. We just talked ago. to
1: you about this, Erica. Two weeks
0: ago. I don't know what the time frame is. Somebody explained to me the goddamn time frame.
1: <laughs> Where are we? What day I is don't it, Marco? Know what's
0: going on? But they're sitting there talking to you about, like, they didn't upright bring her drinking problem but they did say you know maybe like a little less booze more just a better balance like don't go overboard and she's just like "Uh, i'm gonna go overboard again like right away and then immediately just puts herself in a bad situation talking to crystal and again thank god garcelle showed up because i really did think that we were going to have a full episode without garcelle's reasoning and logic and she showed up at the right time to at least diffuse something there but it's for a
1: minute and then they bring out some chicken fingers And my jaw hit the floor at this line. Like, oh, you can't have these. Ha, ha, ha. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, after you try to, in your own weird way, like, relate or sympathize. Like, you're talking to her about it. Yeah, I guess you're trying to fix it, which is also stupid. But she was talking to Crystal for a while. And I think she was trying to be nice. And then to, like negate all of it by being like oh you can't have a chicken finger like what are you doing
0: well at that moment i actually did say oh bravo like no don't do that like because they went right from crystal talking about her eating disorder pans over chicken fingers i was and then erica did say you can't have those so i was like all right there was a reason for that i thought that bravo was just like here's the eating disorder Here's some chicken. Fingers. Oh, you thought I was like, ah, would... oh, fuck you, Bravo. You don't fuck do that. You, Bravo,
1: but no, fuck you, Erica.
0: Yeah, it went right back to that. So
1: that was a tough look. I don't know. I mean, we'll see where it goes. Obviously, we'll keep watching. We're almost to the end of it, which is nuts that we're,
0: we're gearing up for a reunion, which is going to be great. I'm
1: excited for our first reunion. I almost want to do like a live stream of our first reunion. Maybe
0: not a live stream, but we could sit together and tweet about it.
1: Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. But. We got a winner to announce. We got some tickets to give away to Tom Sandoval and the Most Extras at the Canyon Agora Hills. And um, Shooter, who is our big winner?
0: So we do have a big winner for two tickets. And they did the right thing. They actually had two entries followed us on Instagram and Twitter. So a smart move. Yep, doubled your likelihood. The winner of the two tickets to Tom Sandoval and the Most Extras on this Saturday, the 23rd, Amber Montoya from Santa Clarita, California.
1: Amber Montoya, come on down! You are a big winner.
0: Yeah, we'll get those tickets over to you. Hopefully, you have a good time. Make sure you post when you're there. Tag, tag us because
1: yeah, we want to be there, and we can't. So make sure, like, we're going to live vicariously through your stories, Amber. So absolutely, congratulations. The tickets will be waiting for you at the box office when you get to uh, the canyon. Doors open at six. Concerts at eight. Enjoy yourself got um actually quite a few questions uh we got actual followers now so we get some actual good questions so up first from ali vargas is kathy annoying rich or charming
0: rich annoying rich (laughs) i'm not i'm not taking any time to to think about that one yeah she's annoying rich wow just the whole scene with the fucking caviar
1: up next we got chris kinga tx
0: maybe he's from texas
1: oh yeah hey me too when did your Housewives obsession start?
0: Uh, it didn't become a full-blown obsession probably until just before we started doing the podcast. Oh, like, interesting timing. Well, it, it was interesting timing. I mean, we were talking about it a lot, but my backstory was more like I was more obsessed with like Summer House. Like I followed all them on Instagram, and I was keeping tabs on them all the time. Southern Charm a little bit as well, and then it went full bloom. My
1: obsession started,
0: my Bravo obsession started
1: with Vanderpump. That was my first show. But my housewives obsession was Rony, actually. Um, that was... Is uh, it
0: just because the uh, abbreviation works?
1: No, but that was really nice that it just like was so smooth, the Rony. I love that. But no, Dev, my wife, uh, that was her favorite franchise. And she had it on all the time. And I started to watch it. This is post Vanderpump. I'd already streamed all those seasons, so I needed something new, and that fit the bill. I really enjoyed Roni, um, so that was my my obsession. Up next, Julian Hagens. are you going to BravoCon? Easy answer here. If we get invited, we'll be there.
0: Absolutely. I think we can get some media credentials.
1: If we can get some credentials, we'll be there. If not... Maybe next year. Yeah. Not this year. But I think maybe next, next year, year is more feasible. Next but year is definitely more feasible.
0: I mean, it is October. You know, it's June now. I mean, we got a couple of months to get there, so.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. If if we go, we will make sure that we post all about it.
0: Yeah. Um, is this like a, do I dress up as my favorite housewife? Oh, do you or... think
1: it's like Comic-Con? Yeah, I,
0: I don't know. Do I?
1: Who would you dress up as, then? Shep.
0: i <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. What
1: housewife would you dress up as?
0: Uh... Probably rent it because I can just dress up as Austin Powers.
1: Well, oh my God, if we go to BravoCon, we are going to both wear Austin Powers suits.
0: Yeah, yeah. There cool.
1: you go. Um, last one here from our fellow Bravo bro, K. Farrington, twenty-one. <laughs> What's your go-to snack when watching the show?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I've actually been big on frozen fruit pops recently. What? Yeah.
1: That is the last thing I thought no, you were going to say.
0: No, I'm a, I'm a dessert junkie. I don't like, I mean, I do like like pretzels and whatever. Chips, you know, throw in normal things. But I I love ice cream, but ice cream is not good for you if you want to stay fit. So I have a frozen fruit pop, you know?
1: that Nothing to uh, hey, with that? To each th- no, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I wasn't expecting that at all. My go-to recently has been those little peanut butter pretzels.
0: Oh, those are good. You
1: know? Uh, Dev gets them from Trader Joe's and you're supposed to have like seven or eight and I think I have like half the bag. I can't stop. Like once you start with those bad boys, you can't stop. But that wraps it up. That's all we got tonight. Um, Make sure that you follow us on Instagram at brav underscore bros. Follow us on TikTok at brav bros. And then follow us on Twitter at brav underscore bros. Once again, congratulations to our big winner, Amber Montoya. Have a great fucking time. Have a great time for both of us since we can't be there. And we will see you guys next week.
0: Yep. See you guys later.
1: Brav bros are are out. We're out of (laughs) here.
0: Bye.